You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network. Riotcast.com. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast with the wave an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio and now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who keeps the alternative medicine wackos at bay. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. We also have uh, she who has charmed comedians in two, count them, two states who will do most anything for a glass of expensive wine. It's Lady Diagnosis. Hello, Dr. Steve. This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Oh, sorry. POOHEAD. <laughs> if you're listening to us live, the number is 754-227-3647. That's 754. 22 penis. Yay. That's how many doc- lady diagnosis likes. Or 754 <laughs> bare nip, which is what I like. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine, at Lady Diagnosis, and at DR Scott WM. And visit our website at weirdmedicine.com for podcast medical news and stuff you can buy or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, or whatever. Very good. All right. So um, first, don't forget... Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. You got anything new on there? You don't really need anything new. No, that nasal spray is doing its doing the. Are labor. you doing okay with that nasal spray? Yep, really. It. Yep. It's, what six bucks? Yeah, I think seven. Yeah, yeah okay, pretty something good. Like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know how you can make money selling something for seven dollars, but unless not, you've got fifty cents, in not it. easily. <laughs> you got to sell a whole shit done. Anyway, check it out. It's <laughs> by far the best saline nasal spray on the market. Cleans your. Na- Have you seen? It smells good. By the way, that new thing that they've got—it's the automated neti pot. You know how Pilates became sort of this mechanized version of yoga, where yep. people—you know—the yoga guys from India come over here and they're horrified yep. seeing people hooked up to all these pulleys and shit pulling yep. their limbs apart. And um, there is now a, uh, a mechanized version of the neti pot, and you put uh, saline or distilled water in one thing and it shoots water in one nostril and sucks it back out the other nostril and then deposits the filth you know the mucus filled water in a different bucket oh or, or a different little place in there i'm gonna get one we does, need to get one and try it on the air does it wipe your butt too well well i think it. it would be a very good That'd bidet good you know it mm-hmm. shoots and sucks at yeah. the same time yeah. do either end doesn't matter yeah we so we need to get one does and it... i can write it off and we need yeah. to try it lady yeah. diagnosis you're gonna do it i'll do it Oh, we're gonna, okay. we're gonna put my we're gonna put my solution in there. See if it. Oh yeah. Well, we can actually do that, but it's. I mean, you put like three cups of fluid in. Oh here. god, I mean, no, it, we can't put it my shoots. Stuff in there. 
No. We could put um, a little bit of your uh, uh, Con- concoction. Yeah, concoction. Anyway, all right. Well, listen, um, we have a guest, and I don't want to keep him waiting any longer because this is a big deal for me. This is uh, Bruce Pritchard. He's the brother of Doctor Tom Pritchard, known for his work in the WWF and the Heavenly Bodies, and as a trainer for Deep South Wrestling in the WWE. But uh, Bruce himself is known for his nom de wrestling as WWE's Brother Love, the original manager of The Undertaker. So, Bruce, <laughs> uh, thanks for being on our show. Uh, what, what, what are you up to now? Well, Doc, uh, thanks for having me on the show, first of all. But of course. right now, man, the, the main thing that I'm doing is hosting a podcast myself. Now, I'm not big time on, on serious like you guys are. I've just uh, got whatever. my own podcast. It's called <laughs> Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. And and we just tell you know we tell stories about uh, yesteryear in the wrestling business. Uh, over forty four years in this oh. crazy business, I have a few stories. Dude, you got to have me on. You know, I uh, when Shuley hooked the two of us up, he had no idea that I had a history in uh, classic wrestling, and uh, in the at least in the seventies. Uh, I was a cameraman and audio engineer for uh, WRAL-TV where we did Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling and um, Wide World of Wrestling. And our stable of wrestlers were no other than uh, Ric Flair, Black Jack Mulligan, Rufus R. Jones, Mr. Wrestling Tim Woods, Ricky Steamboat, (laughs) Wahoo McDaniel, and a host of others. And I do have a few stories to tell. that was a hell of a crew. Yeah, it was awesome. And um, I, uh, I, I, before we're done, I want to tell you my Brute Bernard story because uh, he was uh, Brute was Brute was a little crazy. Yeah, he wasn't in our in our group, but you know we would hire people to come in. We uh, 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 the time I met um, uh, Andre the Giant was really stunning because I walk in the studio and he's massive. Uh, it, it, he was he was leaning up against the wall and my brain did a double take because you don't expect to see somebody that gigantic. Well, he I mean he truly was, was yeah. a giant. He literally was a giant, 7 foot 6. Oh my god. And um uh, you, you know you're just you're used to seeing people fit into a certain bell curve. Sure. sure. And he just blew the bell curve all to hell. And uh, he was a very nice guy. Of course, our guys beat him. I think uh, Greg Valentine uh, wrestled him and beat the shit out of him because that was the thing. If you oh, yeah. hired somebody from the outside, they were going to lose. They weren't going to win. But I bet nobody body slammed him that day, did they? <laughs> oh, Bounce off him, maybe. Well, you know, no, the, I, I'm not even letting our guest talk because you got me all excited <laughs> about the old days. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening to, to your stories. I was going to share the, my favorite Andre the Giant story, which Do was it. Andre being on a plane, and he was seated in first class and going to sit down, and he was kind of messing with things in the middle. The flight attendant asked him if she could bring him anything, and he said, yeah, I'll take a screwdriver. And she left, and she came back and was passing out everyone's drinks, and came to Andre and handed him a Phillips head screwdriver. Uh. <laughs> and he looked at it and he said, what's this? And she said, yes, for a screwdriver. And he holds the screwdriver and looks at it for a second and says, hmm, what would you bring me if I ask for Bloody Mary? <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, my God. Kind of kind of sums, uh, sums the boss up in uh, one quick fell swoop. Yeah, no, he had a good sense of humor. Well, uh, and, and I know you called for a specific reason, but let's trade a couple of stories before we do. Let me tell you my Brute Bernard story, right? So 
And then I, I've got one. Oh, uh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I I was when I was a kid in Michigan. I used to watch wrestling on a bl- little thirteen inch black and white TV, and Brute Bernard would be on whatever. I don't know what group this was because I was a kid, didn't pay attention to it. I just knew it was wrestling. And Brute Bernard was this big, stocky, bald dude, and he never spoke. His partner would be up there going, you know, if, you know, Blackjack Mulligan, if you're listening, or whoever he was yelling at. And, uh, and then Brute would be just strutting around behind him, going around in circles like an animal. And every once in a while, he would stop and he would go, ah! And just make this animalistic noise. And I remember watching him wrestle some guy and he bit his hand. Oh, my. And saliva and just, you know, some sort of, you know, fluid was spraying out of there. And it scared the shit out of me. I was a Mm. little kid. He terrified me. Oh, my God. So when I'm working at WRAL, uh, I heard that we were had hired Brute Bernard to do, you know, a session with us. And I was kind of freaked out because this guy throughout my childhood had been sort of the stuff of nightmares, right? Oh, my gosh. So uh, I knew he was up in the dressing room getting ready. And so I uh, there was a, a big metal stair that came down into the main uh, studio. And I waited out there to, to, to see this guy, right? And, and here he comes, Brute Bernard, the, the object of my nightmares throughout my childhood – is uh, wearing a silk smoking jacket. He's got a cigarette in a cigarette holder. No right? way. He's got these big, thick glasses <laughs> on, and he's holding a copy of the Wall Street Journal. Oh, my <laughs> God. Fear be gone. <laughs> and I was like, Mr. Bernard, sir, can I get your autograph? He's, he's like, sure, kid. Oh, and that my was that. God. So, it kind of dissolved my nightmares, but it was just a you know just a sweet guy. He was just doing a damn job, you know. That's funny. It's not much of a story, but it's more about me than it was about him. <laughs> I got I got one about, about me. the perception and what you thought. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. He no, he was perfect at it. I mean, mm-hmm. I I bought it hook, line, and sinker. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like I guess there were kids out there that believed Baron von Raschke could actually you know make somebody uh, uh, faint by holding the claw over their head. Oh, no. That's good stuff. Or that, or that uh, Boris the uh, well, what was the guy's name? The Polish prince. What was his name, Bruce? Um, it was I- Ivan Koloff. Yeah, uh, Boris Malenko. Quite a few. Yeah. Well, there, well, there was one guy was the Polish prince, and he would always be gnawing during the. We would do these commercials, right, mm-hmm. for the <clears throat> for the live shows. That's where they made all the money. Were in the in the. Uh, uh, theaters or in the you know arenas, sure. and he would always be gnawing on this Polish sausage. Yep, and uh, and he never took a bite of it and actually chewed it and swallowed it. He would just kind of gnaw on it. It was really kind of gross. And I remember one day I was cleaning up the living room set, which was right next to where we filmed the wrestling commercials, and I picked up the uh, uh, cushion of the couch, and there was. Uh, uh, Mighty Igor, that was it. Um, the Polish prince. Mighty Igor, yeah, yeah. Okay. It, there was his his um, Polish sausage under. He was, so what he the son of a bitch was doing, and he was from Kernersville, North Carolina, by the way. Oh my god, as far away from Poland as you could possibly get. And he was he every week he would pull that um, that sausage out, gnaw on it for a while, and then shove it. Back oh gross! <laughs> oh my god, that's gross. <laughs> under the cushion, oh, and then the next week horrendous. he'd come and get it out again. Oh my god. It was horrendous. Oh. Hey, I've, I've got to pipe in. Okay. Hey, yeah. hey, hey Bruce, this is Dr. Scott. Um, 
back hey, in Doc Scott. Hey, it's, it's wonderful to talk to you. Back in the mid '80s, I played baseball, actually late '80s, at Western Kentucky University, which is in Bowling Green, which is where I got to meet Hillbilly Jim, and um, he he still to this day is a, a a friend of mine. But in college at Western Kentucky. Yeah, it was the heyday of Hillbilly Jim. I never heard of him. He oh, he's got a he's got a show on the uh, Outlaw Radio Station. That, was he you know, a wrestler? He was a wrestler, huge wrestler. He was a great big old. Okay. He wore he he wore clod hoppers and overhauls okay. into the, <laughs> in, into the uh, ring, um, mm. and he was just just a huge dude too. He was from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Played baseball, and, yeah, and football up there or basketball and football. But but um, so my nickname in college because it was the heyday of uh, the wrestling was Fitzy Mania because I was the strongest force on our baseball team. And so instead of the strongest force universe, it was Fitzy mania. So for to this day, anybody that calls me, it says, Hey, Fitzy mania. I know when, you know, you know where you knew, I know from. where yeah. I know him from. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but Hillbilly Jim's a wonderful guy. He is. And he talks more than any human I've ever met. Wow. <laughs> do you, do you, hey, Bruce, do you remember when Paul Jones turned bad? That was during my years. Oh when yeah. I was there. He became, yeah, he, you know, know he, he was a baby face and then turned into a heel and right. then turned back around again. Mm. And see, the, the the thing that I was always explained to my friends was that wrestling was kind of, kind of a soap opera mm-hmm. for redneck men and adolescents, <laughs> you know, because they would set up these rivalries on the TV show and then they would play them out at the arenas. And so yeah. they would get people to want to go there. So they'd have – it was brilliant marketing. Mm-hmm. They would have oh, yeah. cliffhangers. Oh, yeah. And – you know, somebody turn on somebody, and it's like, you know, Wahoo McDaniel, if you're listening, uh, you know, we're going to fight it out in a Texas chainsaw match at right. Dorton Arena. And the funny thing is, of course, Wahoo McDaniel was listening. He was yeah. sitting right there. We couldn't separate them. They right. were all working together. They would, they would all sit at these little tables. And Gene and Ole Anderson would hand out sandwiches and stuff. And Gene Anderson would call the people up, okay, this next one's uh, Black Jack Mulligan and Rufus R. Jones. And then they'd get up and they'd do their thing. And we had to do 70 of them because we would send these uh, shows out to 35 different markets. Wow. And each market needed two commercials to, to oh, do Dorton yeah. Arena yeah. or Charlotte Coliseum or whatever. Wow. And that's where they made the money. At that time, they actually lost money on these things. Jeez. Anyway. Hey, hey, Bruce, you have any good Hillbilly Jim stories? You know, I think that the best Hillbilly Jim story was in later years, you know, Hillbilly, the real Jim Morrison who played Hillbilly Jim on TV was about as opposite as Hill, of Hillbilly Jim, the character, as you could get. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he later on went to work for a company called Coliseum Video that produced the videotapes for the WWF at the time. And one of our writers, Brian Gewirtz, says to us one time, because Jim would show up, he said, do you think we might be able to get Hillbilly Jim back and not the guy that runs the (laughs) porn arcade down on the street? Because Jim would come in and he would have his hair all slicked back and wearing a bunch of gold chains and a silk flowery shirt and everything. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. He, re- he resembled the guy at the local strip club or at the, uh, sure. the corn arcade on the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, y'all come on in here. We got a special two for one. Yeah, yeah Barker. And he did. He had that old crazy hair slick back. It was. He looked like um, he came straight up like an Italian. Do you know this guy? Yeah, you yeah. still friends with him? Yeah, I, I called him. I called him Wednesday. I, he, I didn't talk to him. But yeah, I we need him, to have him on the him show. Massage, yep. He's got a huge, huge, oh, he's huge show. He's great. He is. He's got a great show on that he does. It's called the Moonshine Matinee on okay. on uh, Sirius XM Channel sixty. 
Well, Bruce, I, I've totally monopolized this conversation. Nice talking to you, Bruce. Sorry, yeah, Bruce. <laughs> Call back, yeah. Call back <laughs> anytime. Hey, guys. What can we uh, do for you? Thanks. We're going to be at Barclays Center in Brooklyn on January. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, I know you called for a reason. Did you did you want to get your medical thing out of the way first, or do you want to plug your gig at the Barclays Center? Which, by the way, Bruce's podcast, they get a million listeners a week wow we get about a million a year so they've got 50 times our audience so i don't know how we can help him but uh we're always happy to uh Excellent. to uh, plug our friends gigs so ah so yeah and and this is actually we're doing a gig in brooklyn on on friday january 19th and it's partnership with the brooklyn nets and barclays center so you get an nba basketball game and then right after it you get a live version of our show and it's going to be the first time we're doing anything like this tickets start only 35 dollars. get them at box of gimmicks.com but it's basketball and live bruce pritchard right afterwards which is always uh, a lot of fun we're going to have a huge special guest and a ton of fun wow so in, box uh, Brooklyn. so it's, it's going to be a blast box, january 19th you should be there box of gimmicks.com know it is that it you're not going to forget that one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And then, you know, getting to my medical question. Yeah, man. Okay, what is – okay, and i just just getting over this, but gout. Uh, and for whatever reason, you uh, know, I, I, I've gone through the thing, and, and now I'm convinced that it's just uh, Atlantic uh, shrimp or frozen shrimp that yep. comes anywhere from the Gulf. Yes. Dr. Scott also has I can has eat all gout. the Gulf shrimp in the world. Nothing. <laughs> That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, Doctor Scott also has gout. Yes, and um, has it? Have they confirmed that you have elevated uric acid levels? And I mean, have they confirmed that it's truly gout? Because there are uh, some people that are called gout that it turns out they really aren't, and they get uh, treated inappropriately. Right. Yes, yes, they have, and I've, I've actually uh, been prescribed allopurinol as well okay. that I take daily. And I'm going to bet, but. Uh, that uh, you're actually not an overproducer, which is what allopurinol. Okay, so let's talk about gout for a second. Yeah. So gout is an abundance of a breakdown product of protein called uric acid and or urate. And uh, when uric acid builds up, it can uh, collect in the joints mm -hmm. and it can precipitate, just like those experiments we had when we were in chemistry as kids. You, know, you put two things together and it would precipitate crystals out of right. solution. And uh, it'll precipitate in the joints out in the periphery because it's so far away from the rest of the body. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know. And typically in the toes and ankles and feet because of yep. gravity. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, uh, it is uh, extremely painful. People yes. will tell you that it's the worst pain they've ever experienced, that they can't even uh, 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 stand to have a sheet touch their toe. Mm -hmm. And it's usually right. uh, usually in the big toe, although I've seen it in knees. I've seen it in places. a hip. I've seen it in a sternum. I saw it in a guy that had uh, it in every joint of Ugh. his hands and feet and had these big giant things called tophi, which are collections of uric acid right. crystals. So there's only two ways you can get an elevated uric acid level in your body. One is that you produce too much. Mm -hmm. Those are called overproducers. <laughs> Very fancy uh, mm -hmm. medical fancy term. Talk. And then another way is to excrete too little. In other words, not pissing out enough right. for whatever reason. And those people are called you know, what, figure it out. Un under excretors. Under excretors. Right. Very good. Very right. good lady diagnosis. 
So, wow. uh, so it, the vast majority of people are under excretors, mm-hmm. but the vast majority of people are treated as if they were overproducers. And the reason for that is, is the allopurinol does work whether either way. Well, it just doesn't attack the the underlying problem, which I like to do. Go ahead, Dr. Right, Steve. and I was going to add to that to to Bruce. Um, where Dr. Steve is going with this is it, a, a lot of people get the allopurinol because that's kind of the standard go-to. Um, a yeah. lot of doctors gout, are not. Allopurinol. It's yeah, a knee-jerk it's, thing. It, it gout, is. It's a knee-jerk thing. And they, don't, gout, they don't worry about checking the other stuff. Um, one thing that, that that I will tell you, and this is this is certainly from personal um, experience, if that allopurinol does not work or control it control completely, um, then you need to have them, and this is thanks to Dr. Steve, he taught me into doing this. I actually did a, a urine test, a 24-hour urine test, and they pro- put me on an old medicine called probenicid, which it binds to the uric acid crystals in the kidneys, and you flush it out. So you actually pee out the uric acid, so you don't, it's not, you, yeah, pro- I, don't, I don't worry about producing too much. I just pee pro- out all of probeni- it. So. Probenicid. Makes you excrete more, right. and if you're an under excreter, it seems to it's God, to, it's a miracle to fit the you know the the paradigm that we want to treat the underlying problem. Right. The interesting thing about uh, probenicid is is if you take penicillin, you won't excrete it; it'll block the excretion of penicillin. Mm-hmm. We used to do this all the time with people with VD and stuff. We would give them a probenicid and then give them a shot of uh, penicillin, right. and it'll hang around longer and kill all mm-hmm. the you know naughty germs. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, the probenicid enhances the excretion of uric acid. So it's mm-hmm. just interesting how these things work. And right? can I address the, the um, shrimp thing too? You know, I don't know if you know this or not, Bruce, but but shrimp are really high in purines. And and I would guess that that those Atlantic you know uh, shrimps may have a higher level of purines than Gulf shrimp or something. But I haven't touched a shrimp in about ten years because of this shit. And you still get um, gout though. And I, you know, but thank God I haven't had a I have not had a flare in, in, since we started probenicid. Yeah, since the last time lady died, well, di- lady diagnosis and GPAC had to carry me down the steps. So. I'm giving that to myself. And that is Doctor Steve. Thanks to him. Yes, absolutely. So and and then the question. I like it. Yeah. The question, Bruce, is is does it happen often enough for you to take something every day to prevent it? Mm-hmm. Uh, or is it severe enough when it happens that you want to take something every day to prevent yes. it? Um, uh, because if it only happens once every six months, it's, it is kind of silly to take a pill every day to prevent something that's going to happen every right. six months. Right. Um, uh, because there are medications that you can take when it happens to mm-hmm. knock out, but the, those didn't work for Doctor Scott. No, they did not. When he had his big attack uh, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. uh, when he was in here, I prescribed the stuff that is supposed to abort an attack, and it did nothing. Yeah, didn't touch it. So, where do you, so where do you get your gout, there, Bruce? Uh, right in my left big toe and my ankle. Uh, isn't the ankle the worst? It's, I mean, it's, it's you, painful. It's horrible. Oh, it sucks. Yeah. Did you Now, how often do you get your gout? See, I haven't had a flare-up in a long time. Oh, and good. that's kind of the um, – and the only, the only thing that was different was we went out and we – I had – I'm a stickler on – what I eat, and mm-hmm. especially when it comes to seafood, because I live on the Gulf. I only like Gulf shrimp. And we went to a place, and as soon as I bit into it, I knew it. this is frozen mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Atlantic shrimp because mm-hmm. I could tell the difference. Yep. And I ate it, didn't think anything of it because I hadn't had a flare-up in a while. And lo and behold, 24 hours later, I was hobbling. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, How man- long does it last when you get the symptoms? Is it like a week? 
Yes. Oh, man. And that sucks. Yeah, it's horrible. It does yeah. It's horrible, yeah. Especially, you know, I tell people, you think gout hurts when it's in your toe, but wait till it gets to your ankle. Yeah. And then it's, it's, or oh, knee. Oh, and then, yeah, and then the knee is even worse. And Bruce, I'll tell you a couple, a couple lifestyle things. You said you're pretty, you know, pretty diligent as far as your diet, but, you know, exercise, as far as I'm, as long as I'm exercising, moving and pumping blood through my legs and feet, I, I tend to not have near the, near the that issues. If, if I'm sedentary, you know, sitting on planes and stuff, I'm, I'm at a high risk for sure for the gout. So, yeah. so staying active is huge. Well, you know, brother, love is do uh, doing those working out. Yeah, doing doing those doing those. <laughs> you're flying Russian sickles and and um, all those wonderful moves. You all right, man. Do. Well, uh, God bless. And if you know, there are medications that you can take if uh, uh, if you have an attack. There's two of them: anti-inflammatories. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, that's the only time we'll prescribe an anti-inflammatory called indomethacin. Mm-hmm. Indomethacin. Indomethacin. Is a, I was just going to say yeah. that's mm-hmm. a hard, it's hard core uh, uh, anti-inflammatory, old school. It's hard on your system, but yep. it works for gout yes, like does. almost nothing else does. And then uh, colchicine. Colchicine is the other thing. I mean, you have to take it till you puke, though, and I don't like to puke. Or shit so. yourself to death. Or yeah. shit yourself, right. Yeah. Now, they can give you IV colchicine, and it bypasses all of mm-hmm. the GI effects, but that can only be done in an emergency room with cardiac monitoring because it increases right. your risk of having a heart attack in the short term. So it's not something we do lightly, but if someone comes in with gout in the knee and they're in excruciating, writhing around pain – They'll walk out pain free. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but anyway, all right. Hey, Bruce, plug nice. plug your gig again, yeah. and we got to have you on. Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, yeah, go ahead, man. I love it. Um, I, no, I love it. Hey, we're going to be in New York City, Brooklyn, at uh, Barclays Center on Friday night, January nineteenth. Get tickets at boxofgimmicks.com. It's a double header with the Brooklyn Nets. They're going to be facing the Miami Heat that night, and right after the game, you get a ticket to the game. And a ticket to see us live. That's myself and Conrad Thompson with our special guest. It's going to be a surprise. And people that are big into our show, they have to be there to see it because yeah. they don't want to read about it the next day and wish they were there. And tickets <laughs> start at only $35 at boxagimmicks.com. And uh, we just want everybody to come on out and join us live. And where can uh, they hear your podcast? Most, I mean, you got a million they listeners. Hear? They already know. Hey. They can hear our podcast at somethingtowrestle.com, and it drops awesome. every Friday at noon. And uh, if you like the podcast and you want to support the show and get some of the greatest T-shirts in the world, then go on over to brucepritchard.com. Don't put a T in my name. Put one on your back. Oh, <laughs> uh, Bruce Pritchard. Well, I'm going to have to You know, hey, you got to get all the plugs in. <laughs> All right, that's horrendous. All right, buddy. Hey, listen, it was great having you on. Uh, if you see Shuley, tell him I said hello, and uh, and I'll we'd love we'd I'll love you'll be you. there. We'd love to have you back on and uh, talk uh, classic wrestling again. Absolutely. Sometime. Maybe he'll love let you, you talk next Thank time. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. <laughs> hey, we hope right. you feel better, Bruce. All right, buddy. Thank you, guys. Take care. What a cool guy. Shoot you. That was great. Those old school wrestling I never, days, man. I, I never have an opportunity to talk old school wrestling. No. <laughs> That's how Sam Roberts. You and get I all excited. Friends. I love it. I do. Well, I don't know. It's, I, I loved that old stuff with Hulk Hogan. You know, Hulk Hogan's the only person that, that ever body slammed um, Andre the Giant. Oh, really? He, he literally got him up in the air. <laughs> what? And, yeah, literally I'd like to see that. Got him up uh, and, and, and slammed him. It was. He do suplex on him. Yeah. 
I wow. think, yeah, oh my gosh. I, um, yeah, it, I do get excited because it's one of those things that at the time I was like, how the fuck can I get out of here? Mm. Right. But in in the rearview mirror retrospectoscope, I was involved in something that people – he's got a million people that oh, no. listen to the stories just like that because yep. I was there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? And, they, and it's, it's a huge business to this day. Yeah. Hey, they love it. People just love it. Well, the TV shows then were a loss later. They they would pay to put the TV shows on just to get people into the arenas. That's why they never resolved any of the conflicts on the TV show. Mm. They only set them up. Interesting. Yeah, it's cool. It's good stuff. Well, All right. Thank you, Bruce. Well, you want to do a dang phone call Let's or do something? a phone call. All right. Here we go. Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. All right. We won't, Dr. Dr. Ben. Hi, Dr. Steve. Mike from Massachusetts here. Um, if you can answer this on the podcast, that'd be awesome. Um, just got a really quick question for you. Curious on your opinion on creatine uh, for working out. Um, I was told that it might help to increase my size. I'm kind of scrawny. And I've been working out like a like a crazy person, um, doing my best to look better. Um, I heard it might help. Uh, but I also know there's no free lunches in nature and if I'm do, using it, I'm probably dying in another way. So <laughs> curious on yours. Not necessarily on this one. Um, creatine is a nitrogenous organic acid. and It helps to uh, transport energy from one part of the cell to the other, particularly in muscle cells. And there are um, – uh, you know, I probably need to take this stuff because I'm fucking old. I realized the other day, Lady Diagnosis, and this was this was sad – I could get Social Security. <laughs> you know, at 62, you can start getting Social Security. Yep. Wow. And I was telling this to Tacey in my self-deprecating, you know, you know, fucking A, I could get Social Security. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, do you want to get Social Security? And it's like, no, no. It, it's, that's not the point. The point is. I'm old. That's You're how old, old I am. Yeah. It's an old joke, not a actually I want to start getting, you know, cashing my Social Security checks in. But um, – <laughs> Uh, it's uh, there are some evidence that it might prevent skin aging and and uh, multiple sclerosis patients may benefit from it if oh. only that it um, uh, optimizes muscle strength mm-hmm. and uh, you know a lot of athletes will use it to assist with high intensity training and it can cause body mass increase so I don't there was a, 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 people would tell me. Well, don't take creatine because it causes renal failure. Well, I looked it up. There was indeed one case mm. of somebody that had uh, uh, end-stage renal failure after using creatine. We don't know what their other risk factors were, mm-hmm. but that's the only case I could ever find. So out of the million, hundreds of millions of people that have used creatine, mm. one person had an adverse effect from it. So you want to buy it from a reputable uh, yes, source, sir. of course. And um, can you overtake it? Use it too much? I think you can overtake anything. Sure. But what would the effect be? Maybe that's what he's thinking. It could possibly be hard on your kidneys because you're going to – the kidneys have creatine anyway. Well, that's creatinine. Creatinine. Yeah, that's a different Um, thing. Different thing. um, We took creatine uh, in in college. Yeah. You know, working – because we used to do a lot of heavy lifting and and it seemed to help as far as recovery. It appears to be safe in moderate doses, but of course, like everything else in this sort of realm, um, uh, long-term safety hasn't been proven. So it's just three amino acids. It's arginine, glycine, and methionine. 
and it's actually you have it in your body now. It's about one percent of the total volume of the human blood. So, you know, there's a lot, lots of it in your body. So when you're supplementing, you're just increasing your levels of something that you already have. Right. All right. Okay, dog. Well. Is that all for today? No. <laughs> hey, Dr. Steve, I'm listening to your podcast from a few weeks back. A caller had called in talking about uh, he quit smoking cigarettes and started smoking e-cigarettes. I pretty much did the same thing. I haven't smoked a real cigarette since 2013. Good. So it's been over four years now. The thing is, these e-cigarettes, I'm probably more hooked on these Bad. than Bad. I was actual cigarettes. The thing is, the actual cigarettes, it's like a measured thing, like... If I'm smoking one while I'm taking a dump, I know I'm smoking one cigarette. For the e-cigarettes, I'm puffing on this thing. That's a great Constantly. Mm-hmm. So it's probably even worse. I tried quitting a few months back, and mm. uh, it was definitely harder than um, when I quit smoking real cigarettes. This is the problem with this stuff. Um, first off, we don't know what the fuck we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I see these people now with these ornate e-cigs and with these big tanks on them where they can just puff on it all day long and they're just blowing out the bigger the cloud of it's not smoke Mm -mm. but of mist that they can blow out the cooler it is Mm -hmm. and it's becomes kind of this hipster thing you know oh i have my clarinet shaped uh a uh, vape pen. I think I'll take a toot on it. <laughs> and it's like, come on, come, fuck, cut the fucking shit. There is no way that having that much of whatever that is, and it's, I, th- I think it's ethylene glycol is part of it, can in the long run be good for you. It may not be bad for you, but it certainly isn't good for you. And it may actually be bad for you, particularly the people that are um, inhaling – uh, vegetable oils and stuff to flavor these things. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not a namby-pamby, just-say-no type, but I think that this guy particularly, he went to a nicotine vape pen, and now he's addicted to it. So that should be relatively easy. I believe that you can decrease the concentration of the vapor, and you could just do that slowly, just like tapering cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And uh, use a measured device. Don't get one of those ones with the big giant tank. Endless tank. Um, you want to get one where you have to replace the little capsules and uh, and start decreasing the nicotine value. Mm-hmm. And uh, he should be able to get off of that. And again, nicotine withdrawal is very uncomfortable, but that's all it is. It's just uncomfortable. It's not dangerous. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, yep. Not like <clears> – <throat> I mean, you're in danger of being an asshole. Asshole, yeah. <laughs> but it's not dangerous like More benzodiazepine usual. withdrawal or alcohol withdrawal can mm-hmm. be. So I highly recommend if once you realize that you're hopelessly addicted to something, that's the time when you need to start making a plan to get off of it. So I would look at the e-cigarettes that have the replaceable uh, capsule and look for ones that have different nicotine values and just start decreasing it and get off of it. Um, there, there's no proof. That e-cigs cause popcorn lung yet, but there is some concern that there may be some long-term deficits to using e-cigs. So I just I hope that it doesn't do something like cause pulmonary fibrosis because that may actually be worse than what cigarettes do. Mm-hmm. So yes. I'm just saying I hope. Look, 
if you're an e-cig manufacturer, God, you know, God bless you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess uh, you know, particularly if you are importing these things legally and selling them legally in the United States. R.J. Reynolds, way back in the day, back in the '70s, I think, was going to come out with. Listen to this. They, I remember this description. They were going to have a cigarette that was a a metal tube that had a red light on the end of it, and that would heat up a capsule of. Uh, water and nicotine, and then you would inhale it like a regular cigarette. That was an e-cigarette. They applied for FDA approval, and they got um, uh, turned down. Hmm. Now, uh, would things be different if they had gotten FDA approval? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, We would at least have some long-term safety data at sure. this point. So, um, uh, there, you know, tar causes cancer. Nicotine promotes cancer. Mm-hmm. And nicotine increases risk of cardiovascular disease. So the good thing about vape pens is they don't have tar in them, but they do have this other stuff that we don't really know what inhaling it does. But I understand it feels just like you're smoking. You know, you get that that full feeling in your in your lungs, and then you blow it out, and you get that emptying feeling. I, I remember. I mean, hell, I smoke three packs a day. Yeah. So anyway, I'm concerned about it. Mm. But that's what he needs to do to get off that. Or go get nicotine gum and then get addicted to it like Rich Foss. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to be better. Yeah. All right. Back it off. All right. A couple of things. Don't forget stuff.drsteve.com if there's anything that that you uh, didn't get for the holidays that you wanted. Buy it for your damn self. You're an adult. And go to stuff.drsteve.com, formerly known as amazon.drsteve.com. And uh, uh, use that link to, uh, you know, do all your Amazon shopping. Also, mm-hmm. tweakedaudio.com, offer code FLUID. I want to play you guys this. Where is that? Um, yeah, here, check this out. Hey, Dr. Steve and crew. I want to wish you guys a happy holidays. Hey, also, thanks, I wanted to say thank you uh, for the promo code for Tweak Audio, my $40 earbuds. Just dropped down to twenty six dollars with free shipping. Mm. So thank you again, and happy holidays to uh, all you guys. Yeah, nice. and you know, tweaked audio. Uh, I thought they were in California somewhere. They're in Franklin, Tennessee. Did you oh. know that? Mm-hmm. Lady diagnosis is yeah. Yeah. So uh, help out a local business mm-hmm. and uh, the best earbuds for the price on the market and the best customer service. Anywhere. Everyone raves about their customer service. Go to tweakedaudio.com and use offer code FLUID for 33% off uh, any, anything that you buy. Uh, don't forget Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. And uh, if you're interested in Blue Apron, go to blueapron.com slash medicine for three free meals and free shipping on your first order. And if you're interested in getting archives for our show, I know Voss has uh, decided to uh, destroy the the um, the paywall. We're going to keep it up because, for two reasons. We have a lot of people who are using it. It's not fair to them for us to just say, oh, well, now everybody can have this stuff for free. But also, this keeps our employers from being able to go more than five shows back <laughs> to listen to what we do. <laughs> so uh, go to premium.drsteve.com for a buck ninety nine. You get all the premium content. Well, I say all the premium content. I think there's 10 premium shows on there. We really should do some more premium content. And uh, But you have access to all the archives going all the way back to the very beginning. 
and uh, ETN comedy stuff. We have the funniest uh, person in the Tri Cities uh, in its entirety on the premium side. Is our show where we were drinking on that behind the paywall? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, the one that I had to <laughs> cut off halfway the, the through. The one that we didn't really do. <laughs> because, yeah, wasn't me. It's one of my favorite shows. <laughs> um, uh, at some, I was making fun of my wife slurring her words. <laughs> And she in in the studio, she started screaming, "You know what, Steve? Oh. I hate you! Oh. I hate you!" And it, it just didn't wasn't fun. And so uh, on the show that you actually get to hear, it goes: you hear me making fun of her slurring, and you just hear her going, "You know what, Steve? I." And then it goes, and it starts playing clown music. So, that was fun, though. Yeah, it was very much fun. If you don't get your feelings hurt, yeah. Nope. And uh, so check out premium.drsteve.com. Uh, you want to you wanna play a song, Dr. Scott? Sure. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's do it. You going to fade us out? Yeah, I'll fade us out at the end. <clears throat> okay. First off, let's get you. There you go. And let's get you some reverb, Dr. Scott. And there you go. Oh, nice. That's much better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I have uh, something. If you have a friend that's into music and you want to get them a toy that's not a toy, get uh, for under, I think it's 50 bucks. You can get a teenage engineering synthesizer. These are little pocket synthesizers, and that's what we're going to use today to keep Dr. Scott on the um, <laughs> uh, on the rhythm. And this one's called the Pocket Operator Tonic, and uh, you can do all you can do up to sixteen different rhythms. You can uh, uh, do special effects for each one. We're just going to do a real vanilla uh, beat. Shit. Where is it? I don't know. I hear it. Oh, it's on the floor. Hey, buddy, just come up here. Okay, ready? I'll give you in, Tom. Thank you. 
See you next week, everybody. See you guys.